I'm Amelia. And I'm Sophie. And welcome to So Ma, So Good, a Fruits Basket reboot podcast. Here, we are currently talking about the first season of the Fruits Basket reboot. Um, we're both manga readers, and we try to keep this podcast spoiler-free, but anything that's been adapted to season one or season two of the manga, we are not considering a spoiler. Anything else that we might slip up and mention, we'll put a timestamp down in the description, along with content warnings. Um, without further ado, let's talk about episode 20. Hero! <laughs> Hero! A controversial character. Brat boy legend. Brat boy legend. <laughs> king uh, of wee bitches <laughs> i love hero do you like hero i like hero i yeah. think he's like obnoxious but i like him um yeah you know he makes like a terrible first impression but he's also a sixth grader <laughs> um i beg to differ he makes a great first impression <laughs> to me okay not anyone see most normal sane people did not have a crush on him as a child um I was in love with Hero when I was a kid. He was like like most people who read Fruits Basket as kids had a crush on like Kyo, like a normal person, not me. Yeah. Like no, I like Hero. I thought he and was Akito. so cute. And Akito. Hero and Akito. What does that say about you, Sophie? So like much. are you Dude, are you good? Hero Akito, Luke Castellan from Percy Jackson. Uh yeah, I just Girl. like assholes, I guess. I you know, I'm wishing you luck in whatever future relationships you engage in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was a sane person that was just desperately in love with Kiyosoma. Um, hey, but... Kiyo's not perfect either. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. But he also was not a nightmare little child boy. Um, not true. But <laughs> You know, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Kyo is just like, I think it's just that Kyo's like a bad boy, right? And that's why he's attractive. Yeah. Hero's just I a guess. little dick and it's not attractive. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. also 12, but I was 10, so he's it's fine. He's also 12. Like, I think like the difference is like, Kyo was like mean, but on accident. <laughs> Hero is mean on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, they're both like boys with like anger issues but like kyo like blows up and accidentally like puts his foot in his mouth or something hero was like i am calculating the worst shit to say to you in this moment <laughs> yeah um also oji hero was played by aaron dismuk who plays kakiru in the reboot <laughs> just a fun fact cool. he he also played um <laughs> a child akito in the og <laughs> Pretty funny. All right, <laughs> all right, Aaron. So that's who was um, doing the whips and chains, Aaron Dismuk. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like thirteen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God, fruits basket. What a show. Um, <laughs> God, why am I so tired? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like looking at myself in like the the our video call, and my eyes are like droopy. Um, let's see. Listeners, I'm in school again, so, like, if our podcast gets a change in quality on my end, I'm so sorry. It's my senior year, I'm, and I'm also in grad school at the same time. Like, it's a lot, so. Um. <laughs> uh, all right, where are we? Hello? 
Yuki would not like our podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yuki would not like our podcast. Hero would though. Hero would exactly. Hero should be our our a guest a guest co- guest guest host. Please, that would be great. <laughs> Hero, you're officially invited. <laughs> yeah, extending an invitation to this mean twelve year old. Um. All right. Yeah, uh, they're watching Mogeta. It's very I don't know funny. Why I pronounced it like that. Because that's Mogeta. how it's pronounced, Mogeta. You're just going really hard at the Japanese pronunciation today. Damn. Um, okay. I I think it's very funny that Yuki hates Mogeta. Um, yeah. And also, I was telling Amelia about this before we started recording, but my little personal headcanon is that Yuki has very pretentious taste in anime, and that he did watch Evangelion way too young and does project onto Shinji. That's just my little thoughts on the matter. <laughs> Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> sounds right. Yeah. But I did think it was funny that, like, Toru was, like, psychoanalyzing this, like, Pokemon equivalent of an anime. It's That's what I'm imagining is it's a stand-in for Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, you know, like, the character's motives. And Yuki is like, this show fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't put this much thought into this trashy anime. Um, yeah. Um, oh, also Shigure coming out and being like, good morning, and Yuki's like, <laughs> it's 6pm. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Fucking 20-something freelancer icon. That's how it be. They're like, have you considered fixing your sleep schedule, Shigure? And he's like, they're part of the reason I work the job I work is so I can live my life like this. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I-, I see the appeal too, Shigure. I, yeah. I also would love to not have morning classes shigure comes and he's 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 i think he's gen he's genuinely happy to see kisa like out coming over chilling watching pokemon um being a nice little kid and um even if his baseline personality is creepy uncle um which Yuki does put him on blast for it, but he is, he, he's, like, yeah. genuinely pleased that Kisa seems to be doing better. And he does, like, I think he's, he's more protective of, like, the youngest than he is with the teenagers. Yeah, um, definitely. I find. I, I actually kind of got the impression from this episode that, like, Sugar Ray likes kids. Yeah. Like, he seems like he's, like, good with kids and he likes having them around. Mm-hmm. Other, I mean, I can't imagine why he... If he, him disliking kids, but for some reason just making his own home kind of like, uh, come whenever you please, random children and teenagers of my family and associated, it's, we've got a guest room, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, yeah. As long as he doesn't have to, like, I think, like, actually be, like, the caretaker for them. I think he likes just, he's like, it's fun. They're around. They're cute. It's nice. Whatever. Yeah, no, I don't think that, like, Shigure's very much into, like, responsibility. And that's why, like, having teenagers in his house is fine. Especially teenagers that are as well-behaved as those three. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think having someone as young as Kisa. Because she stayed for a couple of days. Toru took care of her, mm-hmm. but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let the teenager raise the child. <laughs> um and then we like pretty much immediately meet Hero. Yep. Um 
I love Hero's fucking drip. Um, literally, like, I've been obsessed with this outfit since I was a kid. It's so cute. I would wear it. It's so cute. And I love that they kept the outfit from the manga. I just think it's iconic. It's a really cute little outfit. It's it's a little bit child soldier chic. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. <laughs> but it's cute. Yeah. Um, no, I like it. I like his little boots. And he his, has like, his combat boots. Yeah. I would wear it. Not gonna lie. He... Figure he already knows what Toru looks like, apparently. I don't know how. Um, probably saw a picture, but knows what she looks like. Immediately begins antagonizing this poor woman, child, teenager. There we go. <laughs> Had to like, um, Goldilocks and three bears that one. Yeah, he just like immediately tears into her, is like, <laughs> just as soon as he can. Um, and in, like, really intense, weird, manipulative ways and, like, highly judgmental, like, um, we both said, I think, before we started recording that, like, Hiro is very much a Soma in this sense and that he's, like, very mean and manipulative and, like, uh, knows how to fuck with people's feelings pretty easily, um, so... Yeah, he yeah. he reminds me a lot of Sugar Ray and Ayame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I th- this like intro scene I think does a really good job just like instantly showing you like what Hero's personality is like and that he's he's very witty, like he's clearly very intelligent and he's very outspoken and how those qualities combine with the like Soma way of of viewing the world and just making him such a little asshole. Yep, just like a huge, uh, throughout the whole episode, Hiro clearly doesn't, um, understand how money works, I don't think, he's Mm -hmm. such a little rich boy, like, all of the Somas are rich, but, like, he's such a little rich boy, and he just, like, doesn't understand that Toru doesn't have money, (laughs) like, you see this in this first interaction, where he's like, at least buy me lunch, and Toru's like, I don't have money on me. He's like, what do you mean? He also comments on how her bag is shabby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is such a, like, rich kid behavior that, like, the other Somas, like, are old enough to understand that saying that kind of thing is extremely rude. But he's 12. He doesn't get it. And he is also, like, you know, he goes to a private school. He lives on a Soma estate. He probably doesn't interact with normal people. Yeah. And then he immediately takes her shit. He's <laughs> like, oh, your bag is ugly and cheap. But, you know, I like the color of your pocketbook. Slater. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Toru's um, reaction to that. It's like, I personally, I'd be freaking out if someone took my pocketbook because my money is in there. But she's like, no, my mom is in there. Girl. I mean. Your abandonment issues. It's a picture. Yeah, this, well, no, it's not, like, it was originally, I think, like, earlier in the internet being around days, and so having, like, digital photos and stuff, and, like, hard copies of photos, you were less likely to have backups and stuff, and I think the original time it was written, which doesn't translate as well to, like, 2012, which is when Mm -hmm. I think this anime is set, but I think it would be weird to write it getting rid of that initial emotional reaction, so you just have to kind of suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Um, it's her dead mom. She can make more money. I do still think that it speaks to her abandonment issues, though. 
Yeah. That, like, she gets, like, it's not just that she gets upset about it. It's that she gets so upset about it that she, like, starts crying, like, collapses on the ground and starts crying about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was already on the ground. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Like, I forgot. She was already down there. She just starts crying. Toru cries about anything. Let's be real. (laughs) Um, Momiji shows up in his early 2000s Harajuku fit. Um, Look at him go. It's not, he's, I mean, I like that he's always wearing like, or not always, but a lot of the times very much wearing clothing inspired by like early Japanese, like youth streetwear and stuff. Yeah. It's fun. The way that Momiji dresses, I like that they kept this intact um, for the reboot. It reminds me of, like, maybe some people, like, my age or older can remember, like, just photos from, like, being on the internet in, like, the mid-O's, I guess, um, and seeing photos of Harajuku Street fashion. Like, it so looks just like that. It's very evocative of, like, that time period. It's it's cute. It's, like, a lot, but that was the, that was the point. Yeah, it was like a subculture, you yeah. know, like, and people would have, like, go to Harajuku to have meetups and, like, take photos and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's, like, s- still a thing. And I, we have, like, whatever, the Western version of that, where people who were into um, Japanese, like, youth street fashion would have, like, I remember, like, Lolita tea parties were, like, a pretty big thing for people who were into that whole subculture. Um, I never was. I never had money, nor was that feminine um (laughs) but like i do remember that being a thing and every now and then i would encounter like them because i grew up in a big city so sometimes you just like end up someplace and someone's in like full lolita for some reason it's like you're at the art museum and some girl is just like wearing her full like angelic pretty outfit and you're like wow you go girl (laughs) but i feel like yeah you know it's it's kind of a little less common but there's still disciples of it i guess i don't know yeah if i mean like right like harajuku street fashion like definitely still exists it just like looks different because it's been 20 mm-hmm. years um and um but yeah like whenever i see momiji it just really reminds me of like my childhood on the internet like especially like when fruits basket was very popular like right after the anime came out in english and i believe it was 2003 um like it 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 just reminds me of that time period yeah for sure then we cut back to Hiro and Kyo, um, oh. and they encounter each other. There's this, like, in the this little interaction, there's a sound design thing I really, really like that they did, and that they make Kyo, they make Kyo, they give him, like, angry cat noises um, <laughs> when he gets mad at Hiro. He, like, says something in Japanese, like, yells at him, but then in the background, there's just, like, Wah! And I thought it was a really good little detail. They do that for him sometimes, and it's so funny. Yeah, it's perfect. And it's just like, just like, like, I grew up with cats. I grew up with an angry ass orange tabby. And it's just like, yeah, that's what they sound like. That's what Kyo is. Um, But Kyo, like, yeah, I like Kyo and Hiro are definitely mirrors i mean hero is meant to be a mirror of kyo i don't think it's like quite as obvious in this episode i think it's a little more obvious later on in the show in the series um but i do like that they immediately start fighting because neither of them have any impulse control like at all um nope. but the thing is that hero is such a smart ass and i wouldn't really say kyo is a smart ass 
No, um, Kyo is like bad with his words, and Hiro is very good with his words. Um, so yeah, I think they're like um, like fire and oil. I guess is that the saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But there was one line that made both me and Amelia laugh, where like he, you know, he's like shaking Hiro by the collar, and Hiro's like, "Do you really want like if you keep doing this, you're gonna get arrested for child abuse?" No, he's a soma. Like, no, he's not. No, yeah, he's not. Like- <laughs> You think Asoma has ever gotten in trouble for child abuse ever? No. No. Like, the Somas are absolutely paying off child protective services. Like, And I like that that's what Hiro is considering child abuse. Is, a yeah. sixth, is another child just shaking him by the, by the front of his shirt. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then... I think, yeah, t- like, Toro shows up, Kyo's still yelling at Hiro, and then Momiji shows up just, like, absolutely smiling serenely with Kisa in tow. <laughs> like, Momiji, like, figures out what's wrong and immediately is like, I know how to fix this. <laughs> I know exactly how to make Hiro feel like shit for being a little brat. Because <laughs> Momiji is, like, maybe in this whole group of people, the only one that's, like, emotionally perceptive and intelligent and manipulative yeah I'll, like 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 Tora's pr- pretty perceptive in some she's like good at certain things um but she's not manipulative at all um kyo's a brick wall um, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh hero's obviously manipulative and smart but he's like a shitty little 12 year old yeah so momiji's the only one with the right combination of like things to be like i can fix this it's a good thing <laughs> momiji uses his power for good it's he, Momiji could be so powerful if he was evil. Momiji would be like m- like more than Shigure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Momiji comes to the rescue um, to make Kisa f- or not to make Hiro feel bad for being a little shit. Um, and I like that Hiro immediately because Hiro is also one of the more intelligent people in this group. Is like fucking rabbit. I know what you're up to. And Momiji like winks at him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They're funny. I, this is the first instance, like, Hero uses, like, the animal terms more than a lot of the other characters, which is, I think, interesting. Like, I think Hero, in some ways, like, is one of the characters as of now that's, like, internalized kind of the Soma thought process of judging people based off their, like, animal position. Uh, compared, because, like, obviously, like, Haru and stuff have like had to struggle through that and then like come out the other end learning to put that aside more or less uh but Hiro seems to still have internalized that quite a lot um and I think in some ways like Hiro is one of the characters that up until very recently hasn't experienced a ton of negative consequences of the curse so I think he hasn't had to interrogate why it's bad until very recently and that's why he's still like using calling momiji rabbit instead of his name and why he like later on in the episode is like oh the cat's talking to me (laughs) yeah yeah i agree i i actually like just um like speaking of hero like not being super affected by the curse um until very recently um because he has a you know he has a very normal home life um is that i actually think that hero is pretty emotionally mature for his age like i don't think that hero is emotionally mature but the reason for that is because he's 12 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you know, um, and like, I think like when they start discussing this conflict that he's having with Kisa, he's able to tell Kisa what it is that's frustrating him. Like, very clearly, even though he kept it to himself. Like, I think that the chain of events that led up to this is because he's 12. Not, yeah. it, and, you know, and, like, he's reacting to, the, like, a very serious situation, but it also didn't happen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's able to tell her, you took the DVD straight to Toru, and I wanted to watch it with you. The reason that he's hiding his feelings about it is because he's 12, and he, like, can't really deal with the fact that he has a crush on someone. It's very, um, it's interesting, um, to see mm-hmm. a very normal child. Yeah. I thought it was... I, I did make a note of, like, Hero is more fluent and, like, Soma, uh, like, never saying what you mean directly a little bit. Like, partially it's just because, like, he's 12 and he's emotionally immature and it's, like, or not, like, for his age, but he's 12. And it's hard to say what he means, like, directly. But, like, he was operating off the assumption that Kisa would analyze what he said and figure out what he meant by it instead of taking his words for a fact. Because I feel like very Soma, very few Somas really take each other's word at face value because they all speak around things a lot, except with the exception of a handful of characters. Um, but Kisa seems to be, like, a little... I mean, she just doesn't talk a lot, but she doesn't she has a hard time communicating and so like just straight like it's already hard for her to communicate just straightforward and that extra layer of like trying to navigate the somas being freaks is like too much for her yeah Um, and then momiji's like you're being unreasonable hero if you tell someone (laughs) something and then they do the thing based on what you told them you can't be mad at them right (laughs) heroes shut the fuck up (laughs) Um, um, I love that Kyo just like doesn't get it. Yeah, <laughs> like he no. says out loud, he's like, "I don't get it. You're a fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Momiji's like, "You're fucking." Yeah, Momiji also calls him a fucking idiot to his face, and Kyo's like, "What is that?" <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, I love Kyo. It's oh, he's like such a dummy. <laughs> it's good. Kyo ends up with. Toru because she's very genuine and earnest and weird and he can handle weird as long as you're like straightforward with him because he's a fucking brick wall (laughs) yeah the other thing that's good about him and Toru is that she's also kind of an idiot (laughs) yeah they're both kind of dumb but like in a very compatible way that's why Um, Yuki and Toru could never be together because Yuki's smart (laughs) (laughs) Yuki's yeah yeah for sure um that's the reason no other reason yeah it's also good that kyo's with toru because kyo's really sensitive and he gets butt hurt and yeah uh everyone loves to make fun of him because he gets butt hurt really easily and toru has never made fun of anyone ever in her life and then he marries her (laughs) what other choice did he have yeah exactly because spoiler they get married (laughs) yeah is that fuck was that a spoiler (laughs) Is it? <laughs> Spoiler guy. They don't get married in the comic or in the manga. I think it's. We it's see like their implied? grandchildren. It's implied. Oh. Okay, yeah. We don't see the wedding, but we do. It does imply. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess. 
I thought that, I actually think that this scene was, like, a little weirdly paced. I think that the conflict resolves, like, really quickly. Yeah. That was my one criticism of that scene. It happens very fast. Yeah, the pacing was different because it didn't have a long, heartfelt monologue about Toru's mom in the middle of it. Yeah, no, it's at the end. <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> but it did resolve really fast. I do agree. I did make a note of this little, like, exchange where, so, like, the conflict resolves. He's like, I'm sorry, I should just say what I feel. And Kisa's like, it's okay, hero. And Toru's like, um, as punishment for your sins, um... I'm gonna hug you. <laughs> I'm gonna hug you. And Kyo says, How is that a punishment? That's cute. <laughs> I thought it was cute, but I also thought it was really funny. And I'm like, think about that, Kyo. It's like some strange person hugs you when they know you're cursed, and then you have to turn into an animal in a public place and just have to like deal with like waiting around to turn back into a human. Like that would be annoying as fuck. Yeah. No, I totally <laughs> see why it like is kind of a yeah, it's just an inconvenience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. no, it's because co- Koru? It's because Kyo just, he wants to hug Toru. He wants to hug Toru. Neither of us can talk. Listeners, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this one. So then they go back to the house and Hiro is us and starts overanalyzing Mogeta. So like, yeah, this motivation doesn't make sense. If this character, uh... What if they'd fix this? Like, what would happen? Like, there's, it's bad. It's poorly supported. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's us. This is yeah. hero, hero complaining about Mogeta. That's our entire podcast. Um, I like they like use this scene to show that like hero is very outspoken, um, and I think like I think like uh, it's partially just his personality, uh, but I also think that hero has a sense of safety and security that the other Zodiacs don't have because he was never, like, punished by his parents for, you know, existing or having opinions the way that the others were. Uh, So I think, like, he's able to act on that part of his personality because his home life is very normal. Yeah. I did think it was, like, we begin sort of, like, the hypocrite circus where one of- Hero says, like, a bunch of shit rapid fire that's mean as fuck and whatever, but one of the things is he's like, I can't stand people who don't have any sympathy to others towards Toru, which is, like, an insane thing to say to Toru, but also, like, Hero is obviously has been completely unsympathetic to Toru this entire episode, um- so it's really funny. And then Kyo marches in. He's like, you can't talk to her like that. Like, you have to learn how to control yourself. You're being a huge brat. Um, Dude, I'm and... with Kyo. I would have fucking acted the same way. Yeah, no, Kyo's right. Kyo's, Kyo's right. totally like, right. Hey, you can't talk to people like that. Learn some fucking manners, you little piece of shit. Um, Kyo's absolutely correct. And then Hiro is like, oh, the cat's gonna preach to me? Like, who do you think you are? Like... Is this your house? What are you adding to this? Like, like, what have you done that gives you the right to talk to me? <laughs> like, holy so shit. Funny. I think it's like, like the cat is like a whatever. Uh, we know objectively that Kyo has been treated really badly for it. But you don't see people be prejudiced against him because he's the cat that many times, especially in real time. It's a lot of times flashbacks to when he was a kid from like faceless Soma members. Uh, But by and large, a lot of the other Zodiacs seem 
to have mostly gotten past that with him more or less um at least like externally with the exception of like hero mm-hmm. and like kagura who's just a whole other issue <laughs> but like haru's fine momiji's fine like by and large most people don't give a shit about it that much at this point um because they have their own trauma to deal with they're like i don't care about kyo whatever um but hero is like the cat what like who are you (laughs) which i thought was like i thought was a good detail i think like i think more people honestly should be mean to kyo because of that not because i want people to be mean to kyo but because i think it lends more weight to why he is so upset about being the cat like You've got to, if he's gonna be this tortured by it, it needs to be backed up by people treating him like shit. Yeah. Um. I think it does make sense that, like, the other Zodiacs don't really treat him like that, um, just because, like, they're grown, you know? And yeah. also that they know him. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, like, Hero, like, there's, like, a couple reasons he says this, right? He's outspoken, like I said. He, um... He has this, like, superiority thing going on, like, from the get-go. Like, he feels superior to Toru, um, feels superior to Kyo. Like, he clearly thinks he's better than everyone because he knows that he's smart. Um, And then also that he's just a child and he hasn't begun to unlearn the Soma stuff yet. Um, And, Mm -hmm. like, and the thing with, like, Kisa, the difference is that Kisa's intimidated by Kyo. And Hiro is not intimidated by anyone. (laughs) No. Yeah, so Kisa would never say this to Kyo because she might privately feel that way, but she would never say that because Kyo is actually kind of intimidating, especially if you're a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, no, if I was a 12-year-old bo- girl and there was some, like, teenage boy that was, like, had anger issues and was loud as fuck and also was, like, a trained martial artist, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm not fucking with that guy. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, And then... Shigure, like, comes in and is like, alright, Kyo, like, reel it back. Because once again, Shigure is like, I choose the emotional conflicts in my house. <laughs> like, I choose who gets triggered when. Because um, <laughs> I, I do generally think, like, I mentioned this earlier, but I think Shigure is more protective of, like, the youngest. And that he's, like, the oldest. He's like, I'm going to push them further and let them get fucked up about things more because like a they can handle it and b i think it would like ultimately be good for them but with the kids he's like no we're just leaving them alone he's like all right kyo no accidentally putting your foot in your mouth and really upsetting these children yeah um i also i actually like did just randomly remember while you were saying that um that shigari is the oldest zodiac member oh yeah he is so it kind of makes sense i mean it it really makes Mm -hmm. sense there's a bit of, like, a hypocrite circus where, like, uh, Hiro's a hypocrite, and then Kyo calls him on it, and then Shigure comes in and calls Kyo on being, like, you're also emotionally immature, so that was, you're being kind of a hypocrite, and he's, unlike me, a mature adult, and then his <laughs> agent comes in and is like, would a mature adult ignore their fucking a- editor? <laughs> so I, I just like the fucking, like, train, like the, it's like those, um... Like, small fish getting eaten by the bigger fish getting eaten by the bigger fish of, like, hypocrisy. I yeah. thought that was pretty funny. It also, like, um, I love that they show, like, yeah, just that Hiro and Shigure both mess with people for fun. Yeah. Because I think, like, a lot of, like, Hiro's stuff, like, I think, like, Hiro kind of can't, Hiro has no impulse control. He just says the first thing that he thinks. 
Um, but also, like, I think it is entertaining for him as well. Like, he's trying mm-hmm. to invoke a reaction. Yeah. Which is very yeah. Sugar Ray. Absolutely. Um, and then he, I, I did, like, the funny little detail of, like, Sugar Ray, like, skipping away. He's, like, prancing. He's, like, screaming. And Sugar Ray's, like, doing a little, like, trot. He's, like, a fucking weird deer. It's so funny. I love when he does that thing with his kimono where he, like, yeah. he, like puts his, like, hands forward so his hands are covered <laughs> by the sleeves. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, it's a good, it's a really good element of physical comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the hypocrite circus finally ends. Yeah. <laughs> I did make it out that Toru is fucking terrible for standing up, at standing up for herself. Yeah. No. I would I, not take this. <laughs> my, my next note immediately after my note on the physical comedy was, Toru is so patient with this little bitch. <laughs> like, Toru just, like, does not know how to stand up for herself, period. No. And it's, like, it makes... Like, it's initially, like, you see it in context of, like, people picking on her at school and her friends have to come stand up for her. And it's mostly you see this, like, behavior from Toru with, like, people either her own age or older where she has a really hard time standing up to people who are being mean to her or stepping all over her. Uh, But it's, like, it really hammers it in how little Toru can stand up for herself when you see, like, an actual 12-year-old just push her around. Like, and her, like... It's not even her, like, begrudgingly humoring the bratty 12-year-old. Like, it'd be one thing if, like, someone was being patient with Hiro even though he was being rude. And it's another thing to be, like, running around with your head cut off as this kid yells at you. Like, that's, like, yeah. a whole other different animal. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, we see, like, Shigure kind of doing, like, what you just said. Kind of, yeah. like, begrudgingly being like, oh, he's 12, just let him, like, whatever, it's fine. But Toru is genuinely, like flustered and trying like, to appease him <laughs> and toru like she obviously like throughout the series does get better at standing up for herself but not really with the hero like if you think about like the way that they interact in like the beach beach house arc um he's like an asshole to her there too and she just like kind of yeah Takes it. and, she, and yeah. he also genuinely really hurts her feelings yeah <laughs> hero oh and toru tort girl you've got to like just Come on. Come on. Don't let the 12-year-old bully you. Like, the 12-year-old is legitimately bullying you. Stop letting yourself get bullied by a 12-year-old. It's Um, like that John Mulaney skit. Like, like (laughs) 12-year-olds are, like, the meanest people in the world. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) They know exactly what you're sensitive about. (laughs) And Kira does know exactly what everyone is sensitive about. That is... Hero was John Mulaney's worst nightmare. He would call him on his feminine hips. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, Shigure runs and goes to Hattori, because where else would he go and hide? Yeah. And we get a very um, sexy little Hattori Shigure scene. It was really good. Yeah. So, Hattori explains, like, more of like Kisa's backstory and like why Hiro is acting this way um Mm -hmm. and so it's revealed like because it's interesting that like they bring up the bullying is like what um pushed Kisa to go mute when this was very much I think the inciting incident and like her having this like what was basically a mental health crisis um so where 
hero. This I just like obviously like this is horrible, horrible, but I do think it's like wild to be like 12 and to be like I am serious about this crush I have. I am going to the family. I know. I I like it's I actually spent this entire episode questioning why Hero would even do this. Like I actually think it's a little contrived. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I couldn't yeah. figure out a motivation for him to tell Akito cuz yeah, like the reason Hatsuri tells Akito is because they want to get engaged and they're yeah. in their 20s. But there's no reason for Hatsuri for Kihiro to tell Akito because they're 12. And also, I, I don't know when exactly this takes place. Like, I don't know if, if the Hatsuri kind of thing... But the Hatsuri kind of thing had to have already happened. He Hiro might not have heard about it, because yeah. he would have been really young. He would have been, like, five or something. But regardless, Agito is not known for being understanding. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think, like, nice. part of this was, like... Hero's naive, and I imagine that his family has deliberately sheltered him from, like, some of the more serious abuse that happens with the Somas. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think they've probably figured that Akito doesn't specifically have it out for Hero. Hero's just kind of... Hero's A, a boy, and Akito is less violent with boys. Um, And Hero isn't any kind of, like... Doesn't have a special relationship with Akito and isn't any kind of like specific kind of Zodiac member that for some reason Akito would single out to be worse to. So they might be like specifically kind of keeping him in the dark about some of that stuff just so he doesn't have to live in fear. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can see why Hiro might not understand that Akito is as dangerous as Akito is. Mm. Um, That's a good point. I still like, yeah, so I can understand like the why hero wouldn't know how what how dangerous what he's doing is but i don't i still don't understand why a 12 year old would go to the family head about a crush i do think that is the hardest like the most contrived thing about it is just like if you're 12 you hardly want to tell your parents you have a crush right like it's like i remember being 12 and it was something i would maybe tell like my closest friends and you know like joe like i had this like um little playhouse thing in my backyard and me and my friends would all like carve our crushes initials and our initials into it and it was like it like accrued over the years it was very funny but like that's the kind of shit 12 year olds do 12 year olds don't like go and ask their family head like is and it's weird it's not like he has like he's not he hasn't even like asked here kisa out so i do think that was like i think you could have done this maybe a similar plot point of like Hiro and Kisa's relationship making Akito upset and ending up with Kisa getting injured mm-hmm. without necessarily Hiro going to Akito. You know, it could have been like Akito is walking around the estate and sees them like playing together in a way that Akito is like, hey, um, you guys are mine, not each other's. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, and I get why, like, I get why this plot point exists. (laughs) Like, I I think that, like, it needs to be there, and also, like, it's meant to mirror, like, obviously it's meant to mirror, like, Hatsuri and Kana, and it's also very much meant to mirror Rin and Haru, because Rin and and Hiro are meant to be, like, whatever. It's Rin and Hiro and Haru and Kisa. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Poor Hiro and Kisa, like, are just meant to mirror a bunch of relationships. Kiyoru, too. Yeah, they, 
some characters are just like, it's time for you to exist to whatever contrast against the other characters with more time. It's how, like, Kisa's whole mute thing was less about Kisa and more about Yuki. Um, but, uh... I do think it's also this is really important for Akito as a character in that it's like the first thing that we learn Akito does that's really horrifying is like blind hottery and that's like the first violent outburst we see but to learn that Akito put a 12 year old like a child in the hospital for two weeks is I think like maybe one of the most horrifying things Akito ever does and I think like ex establishes like how far Akito goes um and to the actual extent that they are very very dangerous and abusive so I do think like hospitalizing Kisa is an important thing for Akito as a character yeah def that's definitely agree it's a it's an important part of the plot to show the egregiousness of Akito's violence because it's insane to hospitalize a 12 year old for two weeks yeah like, right insane. it's it's like it's one thing to attack someone your own age it's one thing to attack a 17 year old it is a completely different thing to attack a 12 year old also it's it's one thing to attack a 12 year old and like bruise them it's another thing to attack a 12 year old and like put them in the hospital for two weeks like did he, like kisa must have broken bones right like <laughs> <laughs> Like, Kisa would have had, like, internal bleeding. Like, right. <laughs> two-week-long hospital stay is terrifying. Yeah. Like, so. No. Yeah. And so that is, like, I would say probably the first trauma that Hero has experienced um, yeah. as a Zodiac member. And it is seriously heavy. And so, like, his actions, like, make a lot of sense. The fact that he withdraws from Kisa um because he feels guilty like he feels like it's his fault um and he feels like if he avoids kisa the problem will go away and also that i think that he is a child and doesn't have the capacity to properly deal with the emotions um, yeah like it all very much makes sense and i think just the whole thing uh for hero speaks to the way that his his um relationship with the zodiac manifests um as powerlessness and how powerless he is in this situation that there's just nothing he can to do to fix or change what happened yeah exactly i think obviously feeling guilt is like a huge reason why he withdraws and like yeah like kisa was beat up because akito's weird possessiveness thing of like if people are closer to each other than they are to me then like i'm gonna punish people for that um and also, I just think that um, when you're young and something really bad happens to someone you know, I think a lot of the times, even if you're not, a, it, it could be like you're no way could feel guilty about it. Um, a lot of times if something bad happens to someone you know, you withdraw from them if you're really young because you just don't know how to talk about that with someone. Mm -hmm. When you're really young and something serious happens, it's like you don't know how to support someone through that because you're a kid and you don't know how to have those kinds of conversations you don't know how to, like, be in, have, like, a friendship with someone who's gone through that sometimes, because you're just like, this is not something I know how to handle it all, even secondhand. Yeah. Now I want to mm. talk about Sugar A. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> 
so Sugar Ray says, um, right, so they're talking about how Hero withdrew from Kisa after this incident. And um, Sugar Ray says it's natural for someone to get cowardly if the one they love is hurt because of them. Um, which is, as we've discussed, very indicative of just the Soma family culture of, like, how people respond to trauma. Like, what Hero did is not cowardly. It's a trauma response. He's 12. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, I I think that this is a very clear shot at Kana. I think he's the yep. fact that he's yep. talking to Hazuri about this, he's talking about Kana. And he's calling her a coward. Like, you gave up after this happened, you know? Yeah. Like, you gave up on being happy. You're, like, you're running and hiding from problems now after this happened to you and happened to someone you love. And, like, I did note that, like, in... In um, the episode where, like, um, Shigurei takes Hatsuri out on vacation on Kano's wedding, that Shigurei really doesn't give a lot of his opinions on the matter. He really lets Aime do, like, pretty much all of the talking. And um, so I think, like, him saying this, like, it's just, it's very Shigurei. It's very roundabout. Like, it's like, oh, like, this conversation is about Hiro, but this is a jab at Kana, like, obviously, and I'm sure Hatsuri knows that and chooses to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the like roundabout, but also very frank, like here are my feelings and I'm like not saying it clearly at all, but also it's very clear how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. <sighs> and then I think Hasuri kind of takes a bit of a jab at Shigure. I'm, I, I don't have like all of the, the elements of this conversation perfectly in order in my head. So if I skip ahead, let me know. But like. Yeah. Hattori relays all this information to Shigure and then it's like, oh, you didn't know? I didn't tell you? Yeah. <laughs> Which was like, I do think was bitchy of him. Yeah. <laughs> even, uh, even you? Wow. I thought Akito told you everything. <laughs> and Shigure is like, well, you know, Akito can do what Akito wants. <laughs> I'm not gonna be the one sorry in the end, which is like so shady. Such such a late like loaded line of like okay, it's Mister scheming against like your crazy relationship with Akito, <laughs> like plotting their downfall, yada yada. But also just like such an ins like Shigure by and large like we tend to, you know, be like you know Shigure ultimately does a lot of good for a lot of the um like people younger than him in the zodiac he's basically like got a safe house for people Mm -hmm. to come and take a break and rest up and then go back to the estate or whatever they're going through um and so it's really common for characters to come and get torued and hang out with him for a while get (laughs) torued yeah uh but also he's like so glib about like Akito's gonna do what Akito's gonna do. And like it's true that like Akito will do crazy abusive shit and Shigure's ultimately fine with it. Like mm-hmm. we can give Shigure like lo- all the props we want for being one of the adults that actually intervenes, but we also have to give him full responsibility for like being okay with the fact that Akito hospitalized a child yeah. for two weeks. Yeah, no, it's like Shigure does a lot of good, but he like just like Hatsuri enables is complicit in a ton of bad yeah yeah um so glib about kisa god um Um, yeah i actually i like also just like 
in an inf- on an information standpoint that they tell us that like we know that Shigure is hiding stuff from Akito, but I don't think we knew yet that Akito is hiding stuff from Shigure. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I like that like it is it they very much set it up to be like this is a mutually toxic relationship. Like yeah. they are both horrible to each other. Like I, neither of them are innocent. This here is what we are calling some fucked up shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also like this line where, like, yeah, so Shigure's like, Akito's gonna do what Akito's gonna do. And uh, Hasri says, you're a child. And Shigure <laughs> says, yep, sickeningly immature, in fact. Uh, Just, like, there's... the most, like, Hatsuri Shigure exchange. Of, like, Hatsuri just being, like, you're horrible, and Shigure just delightedly being, like, uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so yeah, funny. no, it's so funny, because they're constantly taking digs at each other and, and just being, like, okay, but <laughs> it's funny. So bitchy. Uh, I love them so much. They're terrible. Yeah. Um, I, did, I took note of some of the lines that came out after that. So Hatsuri says, I'm worried Akito will eventually take it out on Honda. And Shigure says, we really are ter- terrible at this, aren't we? At falling in love and cherishing people. Um, so I think it is interesting that like Hatsuri seemingly hasn't figured out yet that the goal is Akito taking it out on <laughs> Toru. Um, but yeah. like I like the way that Shigure responds to it where he's very like... He kind of, like, roundabout acknowledges it. Like, Hatsuri's like, I hope Akito doesn't take their anger out on Toru. And Shigure's like, we're really bad at loving people. Yeah. Yeah, Shigure, you're really bad at caring about Toru because you're hoping that's what's going to happen. Exactly. And it's, I think it's, like, very Shigure in the sense that it's, like, Shigure does genuinely care about Toru. He likes her. He thinks she's a good kid. He is also setting her up to just get absolutely fucked up yeah and he knows it and he's not gonna not do that right um so he's like yeah we sure are not good at good this is <laughs> this We're is a nightmare at it. like i think hatsuri like eventually catches on like when hatsuri threatens shigure at the lake house at the beach house yeah like at that point <laughs> he like scalpel. he he knows why akito is there um yep. but i'm a little surprised that at this point he hasn't realized that um he is hoping that Akito will take their anger out on Toru. Yeah. I don't know. Wishful thinking, maybe? Wishful thinking. Yeah, I guess. Like, he knows that, like, when Toru initially moves in, he's like, this can't be good. Yeah. He knows he's <laughs> using her for something. He just hasn't yeah. figured out what yet. Yeah. I think that's everything I have to say yeah. about them. That's the end of that scene. All right. Crepe scene, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, the park. Yeah. Hero is like, take us someplace. And Toru is like, damn, this bitch demanding. Okay. <laughs> um, except that she doesn't say it like that because she's Toru and it genuinely distresses her. Um, and she takes them to a park and Hero is being a rich kid again and being like, um, you took us to a park for free? Why didn't we like go to an amusement park or something? And Toru's like, those places cost money. <laughs> and Yeah, and Kisa's like, I like parks, please shut up. <laughs> Toru says, I noted, like, how much money she said she had. She said she had, like, $13. Toru! <laughs> Toru! Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that totally 
totally makes sense because she's like she's fucking a high schooler working a part-time job like doing domestic work for room and board and paying her own tuition at a private school like of course she has 13 dollars <laughs> <sighs> yeah so I think like like this whole scene does a little more to show us about the powerlessness that Hero feels yeah. that like I mean like Hero feels very powerless and that like he feels like he's losing Kisa to Toru. Mm-hmm. Um but like it it is obviously larger than that that Hero feels he feels powerless to stop Akito. He can't change Akito's mind. He can't even place blame on Akito because of the curse, so he places it on himself. Um, mm-hmm. And this, like, conversation that they have about Hiro being a child, I think that the age that Hiro is was very, um, like, intentional. That being 12, like, being a sixth grader, like, obviously, like, you're still a child, but you've developed enough to the point where like you are very much your own person when you're a 12 year old, like you're starting to understand like who you are um, and who you are to other people. And so you don't feel like you feel like you, you deserve more independence than what you're given. Um, But the thing is, is that you are still a child, like in the eyes of an adult, like a 12 year old's a little kid. Um, So like in that aspect, like I think the powerlessness like works really well. Yeah. It's, I think, being a child was very intentional. I think having Hiro be jealous of Toru because she's older, because she has more freedom, and therefore, because she has more freedom, she was in a position to help Kisa when he couldn't. Um, And just in general, like, children are, like, a vulnerable class of people because children have very few rights. Um, They have very little personal autonomy. But at some, but yeah, Hiro is, like, when you start getting older, it's, you're still a person, you still have feelings, you still, um, and it's, like, old enough that it's, like, the powerlessness and lack of autonomy and not being able to, like, choose what you do when and have the power to, like, interact with people on the terms you want to interact with them, um, really chafes. It really starts Mm -hmm. to chafe. And especially in a bad situation where, something bad happens to someone you love and you just straight up are not in control of your own life so there's nothing you can do about it so i think like hero being a kid very deliberate and works really well Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it kind of it was making me think of um i don't think you've watched this show but if anyone has watched um the promised neverland um the whole cast is also children and it's very much a show about powerlessness and oppression um it was just it was making me think of that and they're around the same age something that i think like uh you know it by stephen king uh popular uh you know popular pop culture phenomenon um lots of people have read the book or seen the miniseries or movies or whatever but i think like especially the stuff about being a kid i think that book a lot of the horror of it comes from like the way very serious things can happen to children but the way adults won't treat it like a serious thing because mm-hmm. they're children so mm-hmm. all of these really traumatic intense things are happening to children who have very little power and no adults treating what they're going through with any legitimacy because they're kids um so i think that was like the crux of the horror in it um and I think it's 
kind of the crux of the horror in Heroes Waking Life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's basically the episode. I actually didn't even that's have any the notes entire after episode. That. Yeah, yeah. they're like, yeah, and then here's like a picture of a, the, the prince thing. It's fucking stupid. Whatever, um, I don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, don't care. Like, literally, like, could not care less about the hero and Kisa romance. They're literally no, 12. No, they're, they're just 12. It's they're fine. 12. It's cute enough. It's they're 12. Whatever. And also, they're- hero's gay. Guy, I gotta say it. <laughs> He's a gay 12-year-old. <laughs> it's, it's just, like, their romance is, like, whatever. But it's, like, the reason it is what it is is to then be used as a parallel for various different couples that we actually do care about three different couples wow they're doing so much heavy lifting i hope they're (laughs) They're eating their veggies yeah for for characters who are in like four episodes (laughs) they really do do a lot of like pushing the plot forward uh mirroring foiling all those fancy terms i learned in college (laughs) These kids can foil anyone. They're the Wonder Foils. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. They really are multi-purpose. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a good funny episode. Hero's a fun mm-hmm. character. <laughs> the end. All right, take us out. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Uh, if you want to hit us up on social media, on Twitter or Tumblr, at uh, Soma So Good. Um, thanks for listening, and you'll see you next week.